Today on the news and why it matters, global markets plunge over coronavirus fears. And also, Joe Biden now has a double-digit lead over Bernie Sanders in national polling. We have got a lot to get into this Monday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by the one and only Mr. Glenn Beck himself, which is fortunate because we've got a lot of coronavirus and doom and gloom to talk about. <laughs> so we're glad you're here. That's my, that's my expertise. <laughs> that's your specialty. Uh, Rob Eno, Blaze Media Critic, Rob Eno, back in the house, and as well as uh, Aaron Colon, the Blaze.com's own Aaron Colon. Thanks, guys, for being here. Uh, so global markets, Glenn, I know that you, you covered this heavily on radio this morning and it was all kind of trickling out as you were on air was it not kind of um if you're talking about the global markets mm -hmm. the global markets uh when it opened we went down 7.39 i think and that triggered the close of the market which doesn't usually happen um it will close three times it'll close the first first warning is uh seven percent uh, if it falls below 7%, if it falls more than 7%, they close the market and they wait for 15 minutes. Then if it falls 13%, they will close the market a second time, wait for 15 minutes, kind of give everybody a cooling down period. <laughs> and then if it falls 20%, they close the market for the day. So it only closed once today. I think the last time that happened, though, was uh, 2008. <laughs> um, and uh, so it was, it was, you know, a white knuckle ride. The, the, there's a couple things going on with the market that uh, people need to understand. The coronavirus is going to get worse before it gets better. We are 50 days behind China. So take yourself back 50 days. They were still at the beginning of the real hockey stick, stick curve of people getting sick 50 days ago. We are about to hit that. Um, and, and we will hit where they are 50 days from now then things will calm down. People are going to be really freaked. They're freaked by the stock market. In some ways, they should be. Um, this is the real lasting problem with the coronavirus, is uh, shutting down the number one manufacturer, shutting down the number two manufacturer, the number two consumer, and 50 days later, possibly doing that to the number one consumer and the number one manufacturer, uh, America. So. We're we're headed for some really really bumpy ride. We should not panic. You shouldn't panic on the stock market. You shouldn't panic on coronavirus. We're all going to get the coronavirus. All of us, just like we've all had the 1918 flu. It's the same flu going around. That flu started in 1918. We fight it. And we and it mutates. The reason why we're so concerned about this one is. There's no vaccine or no vaccine for it at this point. We don't know how far away we are. We don't know if it's going to be a seasonal flu or not. So it may just keep rolling. If it keeps rolling, uh, it's not good until we get a vaccine. As soon as we have a vaccine, you're going to see things calm down. Mm. Rob, what are your thoughts? Hey. The, the media, right, just completely blows all of this. That, that was a sobering, but rational thought that everybody's going to get it. Some people are going to get sick. Some people are going to get better. The media has been just amazing on this, where they're just pumping doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. They, I'm convinced they want it because of the election. Absolutely. And it is, it's despicable what they're doing. This is going to kill Democrats 
as well as Republicans and independents, people who hate Donald Trump, love Donald Trump, and it's going to make a lot of people sick. What it will mainly hit is our economy. Small businesses are in real trouble in the next 90 days if we don't calm down. Right, and, and on Thursday, there was a story in Business Insider that in South Korea, they are testing more people than anywhere else in the, in the world. Mm. They put resources into testing, and we say that the death rate is four and a half, five percent. That's because of the people that we know have it. Correct. In South Korea, they've tested more people. The death rate's down around 0.6, which is a bad flu season. Very bad. So, flu a very season. bad flu season. Yeah. But but in the realm of the very bad yes. flu seasons, right. this isn't something. They've also that let me just getting. interject really quickly. They've also they say that they've passed their peak. Right. Of, of the virus. Right. In so Asia, that should be as bad as it's going to get in South Korea, according to reports from there. Right. Yeah. So they, they've passed their peak. We're ramping up. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, there's people, I have diabetes, so I'm at a, a better, you know, I've got to take more care of myself mm -hmm. to make sure that if I do get sick, I get to a doctor fast. Mm -hmm. I take the fluids and I, I run it because diabetes, you have a somewhat suppressed mm -hmm. immune system. But, you know, but for most people, this is going to be this is going to be fine. But it's the economy and people are just scared. I went on a trip. I, I went on a trip down to Louisiana. We're in Dallas, went down to Louisiana this weekend. Nobody was talking about this thing. Nobody. People were going on with their lives. They were going to the baseball game that I went to. They were hanging out. They were doing things. Nobody, I think, has changed their lives. So I think this is because like when, you know, we were talking about this in January on my program and saying, we've got to watch it, got to watch it, we've got to watch it. I remember when we did our first coronavirus special, really people weren't interested. Four days later, I was like, where, where was that special? Um, last week, nobody was really talking about it again, and then it hit Seattle. Nobody in Seattle was talking about it. Then 2.2 million stay indoors, and everybody is talking about it. That's the, that is going to be the, the, the legs up on this thing. We're going to all experience, hopefully not, but... We're all going to experience a Seattle kind of, of event where we're going to do and say things and see things that we've never seen before in America. That's okay. It's, it's precautions that we've never been able to take that are wise to take at this point. It is, it, it, it is it's ridiculous what's going on right now. You've got two sides of the problem. You've got a media that wants to politicize it. You've got politicians that want to politicize it. You've got Nancy Pelosi saying, well, it's so bad because of Donald Trump and this and that. And so they're doing that for political motives. Meanwhile, you've got a general public that consumes media in a way to where they kind of browse headlines and browse things that jump out at them. They don't read through the whole thing or they don't hear the whole story because they get it from television or something like that. And so they panic based off what the media is feeding them. And so I'm I think part of it is intentional because the media does want sort of a panic and an unrest in order to sort of influence the election in that way. But I don't know if they fully understand the scope of the damage that that causes as this gets worse they and have, as people have to react to you it. You are so right. They have so discredited themselves over the last four years. It's times like these where credibility is paramount. It's everything. Mm -hmm. It's everything. That's why you have to be calm, measured. Tell the truth when you get it wrong. Admit that it's wrong. I mean, all the things that journalists used to do, but they don't anymore. And people are going to already, poll, latest poll, 60% of Republicans think that this is all the press just whipping it up for Donald, Tra Donald Trump. There are things that we should be concerned about. The economy is one of them. 
our, our elderly, people like you with diabetes, I have an autoimmune disorder. We should all be paying attention to this. But it's not the bubonic plague. In fact, if you want the bubonic plague, go to Los Angeles. It's in the streets of Los Angeles. What are we talking about here? So they're just so discrediting themselves and it's going to come back and bite all of us in the ass because at some point we need to know what the truth is. And the frustrating thing is the good information is out there about the accurate numbers and what the mortality rate means and where it's going and how it's not, what you see right now is not what it's gonna be. That's out there, but it's not cutting through the noise of the panic and the politics that are being pushed for this. Yeah, Um, Glenn, I wanna go back to something that you touched on um, regarding the flu, because you did say if once there's a vaccine, the the panic will die down. And it's interesting to watch because as President Trump pointed out in a tweet, uh, I believe it was earlier this morning, we still have, what, 20,000 people already this year who have died of the flu despite a vaccine uh, already being, you know, already out on the market. So he said, uh, so last year, 37,000 Americans died from the common flu. It averages between 27,000 and 70,000 per year. Nothing is shut down. Life and the economy go on. At this moment, there are 546 confirmed cases of coronavirus with 22 deaths. Think about that. Okay, so let me just... Let me just remind you the role of the president of the United States. In times of crisis, the role of the president of the United States is to tell you the truth, is to be optimistic, to not be wringing their hands, to send a strong message, we're going to get through it. It's why the fireside chats were done and were so important. The last thing you want is a bunch of people in Washington going, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. He's absolutely right on that. Mm. Now, where you, where people have to get to is the reason why this is, is causing the medical community angst. We have, we have no immune system that fights this. Your natural immune system will fight it, but it, you're not predisposed. You have no antibodies in you, okay, that will fight this. This is brand new. And at this moment, it looks like you won't make antibodies. Your antibodies will fight it, your body will create it, and then it stops. And once you kill it, the antibodies die off. So you can get it again again and again and again. That's something new. This is also very, very spreadable. So it's easy, it's sweeping all over. 70% of the population could get this, okay. At this stage, that's going to be bad for the medium age of where it starts to be a problem, unless you have complications, is 60. Mm. The median age of death has been 80. No one under 18 has died. Okay? No one. So what are we dealing with? The problem is we're dealing with something that we still have too many things we don't know about. Mm. We have no vaccine. It's already mutated once and got worse. They're afraid of mutations. That's the real science behind it. That's not what you're hearing on TV, but they're afraid if this thing begins to mutate and becomes even stronger, then you do have a smallpox epidemic. Then you do have something that could wipe a lot of people out. We just don't know yet. Go ahead. I think that's a concern with, you know, you want to 
project calm, but you also don't want to downplay it too much because as it's such a moving situation, it, it can it can get worse and worse and you don't want to be like, I oh, don't worry about it. It's just the flu. It's just this and that. When we still kind of don't know. And so I think there is somewhat of danger. Well, we do know. We right. just don't know what it could become. Right. Yeah. And so because it's such a fluid situation, right. you have to you have to walk that line of projecting right. calm while also not letting people get complacent because people's right. habits is what's going to determine how this goes. The way people respond to it based on following the instructions of the medical community is what's going to determine whether this gets worse or not. Rob, is science is better on? now, right? Medical science is better. You, you spoke on the 1918 flu. I was watching a documentary of the end of World War I, which is when the, the, the time that that mm -hmm. 1918 flu was hitting. And you see pictures. You don't often see a lot of, like, victory in World War I pictures, but the ones you do see, everybody's got a mask on, right? The thing with that mask is it was made out of cotton, and the pore size in the cotton was too big and the virus... And the flu virus just kept going mm -hmm. right through the, the cotton because they didn't know. They thought that that would stop you from getting it. They just didn't know that flu viruses, we now know what a virus is. Back then, they just thought you got sick mm -hmm. if it wasn't bacteria. You know what I mean? They, mm -hmm. they, they didn't know what a, a virus was. So I think the technology is a little bit better. There's antiviral medications that they think have a better, that, that can better cope with it. So if you do get sick, you get in the hospital and you're doing bad, they can Maybe try one of these two or three antiviral medications that for is, some people, and it's just a lot different than it's been in the past. And that's one of the reasons why they want you to stay at home, because most people will get over it. But if if seventy percent of us have it, think of the number of people that are going to come who come, and it'll just stop the heart of the economy. You can't do that. Um, and on top of that, if you have seventy percent, forty percent, fifty percent. Having this problem, just even if it is 0.6% death rate, but you have 50% of the population that has it, that's a lot of hospital beds. And how many nurses, how many doctors, how many shifts do they have to run before they can't run anymore? If they start getting sick, we're just trying to protect everything. And it's the first time in the world's history we've done it because it's the first time we can do it. So... The, this panic is, is ridiculous. It really is ridiculous, except for what it could become, but it's not, and uh, the economic ramifications, which are astonishingly bad. Yeah. Uh, up next, Joe Biden says Donald Trump should just, he should just be quiet on the coronavirus. We'll get into that. Uh, but first, want to uh, thank our good friends over at Black Rifle Coffee Company. Our friend Evan over there founded Black Rifle Coffee Company in 2014 with Army Ranger Matt Best, who has been on the show before. You've seen him on the show. I think, Glenn, you did a podcast He's with great. him as well. He's amazing. So smart. Uh, so the combination of two passions they got, developing premium roast-to-order coffee and a commitment to supporting veteran law enforcement and first responder causes, started roasting their own coffee in 2006. Uh, Evan did it to bring with him overseas and uh, even refitted his Humvee to roast coffee during deployments. If that is not dedication, I don't know what is. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee, they have all different kinds of roasts. They've got light, medium, dark. They've got my favorite, which is the double caffeinated blend, which you got to try if you really need an extra boost uh, in the morning. They're continually researching and experimenting with new roasting methods and coffee origins. And you got to look into the Black Rifle Coffee Club, uh, where they ship it directly to 
your door, your home, or your office, so you're not going to run out of coffee when you need it most. We've got you uh, free shipping, and if you use the discount code, you will receive an additional 20% off your first order. Also, don't forget, they've got a bunch of premium gear and merchandise that we've got awesome coffee cups. They've got awesome coffee cups, too. They've got a ton of different options. you got to go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. Use promo code Y, like I said, for 20% off of your first purchase. That includes Black Rifle Coffee Club. That's a discount on top of a discount. You don't want to miss out. Go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Y, promo code Y. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden said today that he wished President Trump would just, quote, be quiet and let the health experts have a greater say during the coronavirus outbreak. Here's a little bit of what he had to say. Do you think the market reaction is a reaction to the markets realizing the president simply does not tell them or the world or this country the truth about this situation (laughs) and a market needs clear information? I believe that's the case. Now, it doesn't mean the market wouldn't still go down, but it wouldn't collapse, I don't, I don't think. Now, who can, who can say? Uh, but I think it's, there, there's no confidence in the president in anything he says or does. He turns everything into what he thinks is a political benefit for himself, and he's actually imploding in the process. But there's a lot of innocent bystanders that are being badly hurt. And uh, I just think, it, I mean, I wish he would just be quiet. I really mean it. I'm not, I'm not, that's a reason, awful thing to say about a president. Would you be quiet? Just let the experts speak and acknowledge whatever they suggest to him is what we should be doing. Glenn, I picked that clip out just for you. What, you trying to make my head explode? <laughs> yes, I, would, I, I want to catch it live on air. French kiss an old man who had the coronavirus, <laughs> then watch that clip again. <laughs> Uh, Could we isolate that audio, guys? So (laughs) agonizing. So unbelievably agonizing. Um, Using it for his own political advantage? Are you kidding me? First of all, the market is not coming apart because people are afraid of the coronavirus. The market is coming apart because the market is seeing massive disruption. You can't say to half of Italy... Stay home. You're not allowed to leave the house, go anywhere without the permission of an official and affect just the clothing market. Mm -hmm. You can't say no cruise ships. Nobody's getting on a cruise ship and half the world you shouldn't fly anymore without affecting the market. The markets are freaked out because they have no idea what the governments are going to do. That includes the government of Seattle. That includes the government of Italy. That includes the United States government. There is no clarity. Who's told us what the tripwire is? I'd like to know what is. I have the Surgeon General, I think, on Wednesday, on my Wednesday night special, and I want to know what's the tripwire? There was a tripwire somewhere in Italy where they went, okay, if it does this, then we're going to shut everybody in. Mm -hmm. What are the tripwires? Markets don't like uncertainty. There is no certainty that is being preached right now. We don't know if we can cure it. We don't know if it's going to end in spring. We don't know exactly how it's spread. We don't know if it's going to mutate. They've been blaming Trump all day for the CDC rejecting the WHO's uh, test. Why did we do that? 
because Donald Trump hates people, because he's clueless, or because our CDC said you have a 30% error rate. Why would we make these with a 30% error rate? We're going to make our own without a 30% error, error rate. We did. We just got it out. How many people would have panicked that they had it or didn't have it yeah. when 30% of them did or didn't? Mm -hmm. How is that a bad thing? They are using absolutely everything they can to thwart this president. This president has done more than Barack Obama did with 10,000 people dead. The response of our governments, all of them, has been astounding. Why people are freaked out, not because of Donald Trump, but because they've never seen the United States government or any non-authoritarian government say, Everybody, you're staying home. There's no flying for you. There's no going to restaurants. We're shutting down all movie theaters. I've never seen it in my lifetime. Never seen it in my lifetime. Today on radio, I explained what is going to happen to Starbucks. Yeah. Starbucks. If city after city says, stay home and do your own, do work from home. Your Starbucks franchise could be a thing of the past in 60 to 90 days. Let me invest. Yeah. In what? Yeah. Clorox. Yeah. Zoom, where I can where I can go and teleconference with all of my workers. Yeah. The general market? No. Not yeah. right now. Uh, Rob, quite a leading question there from Lawrence O'Donnell. You are the, the Blaze Media critic. What yeah, do you yeah. think of his question? Do you think that Donald Trump is a horrible person? <laughs> Well, yes, yes, I do. I don't know where I am. I don't know what today is. But yes, I know that I'm supposed to say Donald Trump's a horrible person. But they, they, you guys said it earlier. They've been doing this, and I think it's more than four years. It's been 30 years where the, the media has one narrative when a Republican's in office and when a Republican's not in office. You said it with Barack Obama. 10,000 people dead before they did anything measurable about the swine flu. Right. Actually, I think it was a thousand people. A thousand, people. Ended, 10, 10, 000, thousand ended up dying. Total. Yeah, it was yeah. a thousand before they did anything. anything. And ten thousand. Look, and back. it was a lesser amount of money that they had yeah. initially. Yeah. And, and look back, you know. So, yes, viruses are going to go across borders. There's going to be some stuff. But the first thing Donald Trump said was, "We're going to stop travel from the affected regions." You're a racist. Yeah, is what they all said. And Chuck Schumer had to delete the tweet so that he could then attack Donald Trump for not doing anything. <laughs> right, Chuck Schumer had the, I can't believe that they're doing this, it's such a racist policy, rah, 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 rah. and then he had to delete the tweet like a week ago when he wanted to attack Donald Trump for not doing anything. If you saw that original map last week, it's gotten filled in more, but there's a, um, John Hopkins University has a map that has all of the coronavirus cases, right? And you look at it, and the United States had like almost none, and everywhere else in the world was excited. It's because Donald Trump stopped people from coming in from the countries that had it. And we weren't testing. And we weren't mm -hmm. testing. So there, there's some of that. But, you know, the, the right thing to do, I, I don't even know why the we right let in any flights from China. The fun thing about sitting on the Democratic side of this is you don't have to say what you would do. You just have to say everything that's being done is wrong. I doubt that they got the follow-up for Joe Biden and said, okay, well, what would you have said about, how would you address this? How would you keep people calm? All he gets to say is, well, the markets are going down because Trump said X, Y, Z. And no matter what Trump says, that's going to be the case. It's all a distraction. He doesn't have any, Joe Biden doesn't have any real knowledge of coronavirus and how to solve it. I, I don't believe that in any kind of way. But he get, they tee up these questions for him, and so he just gets to score his little political points and get the soundbite. Can, can I play? Can I play Lawrence O'Donnell in the different world 
where Donald Trump was going crazy about all this. You can play Joe Biden. I know you don't like to. Uh, <laughs> Vice President Biden, do you think... Who are you? Yeah. You're the Vice President? Yeah, what yeah, day yeah. is it? Okay. Right. But Vice President Biden, do you think that Donald Trump going over the top and spreading fear and panic is what's causing the markets to close? Mm -hmm. If Donald Trump was doing what they want him to quote-unquote do, that's the exact question. It doesn't matter what he did. He's causing they would take panic because he's going too far. Yeah. Right. Too far, too fast. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, if he didn't say anything, they'd be like, well, this president's just not doing anything. He's, he's playing golf. He's, he's not caring about the safety of Americans. So the there's best no thing win. he did, I don't know about you guys, I don't get my news from Donald Trump. <laughs> no. I also don't get it from CNN. I don't trust any of it. On this, I've been going to the CDC. I've been listening to Mike Pence. He's got a he's got a, a press conference every day. The president said, "I'm putting him in charge because he has this kind of experience, and he's meeting with the experts every day." So why are you beating him up? He's telling you this is the guy to listen to, and he has all the experts. What's the problem? Yeah. Uh, before we go, an actual doctor, not Donald Trump, uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky had a message for the media on coronavirus. He says that they need to be held accountable because they're the ones causing panic. Watch. So you've seen pandemics over the decades. Yeah. How does this one compare with everything? A bad flu season is 80,000 dead. We've got about 18,000 dead from influenza this year. We have 100 from corona. Mm -hmm. Which should you be worried about, influenza or corona? 100 versus 18,000. Right. It's not a trick question. And look, the, the, everything that's going on with the New York cleaning the subways and everyone using Clorox wipes and get your flu shot, which should be the other message, that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. So I have no problem with the behaviors. What I have a problem with is the panic and the fact that businesses are getting destroyed and people's lives are being upended. Thank you. Not by the virus, but by the panic. The panic must stop. And the press, they really I, I somehow need to be held accountable because they are hurting people. So where do you think the panic started? Like, what, besides the press, like, what was the impetus in terms of mass hysteria? I, I saw it. There's a footage of me on a show called The Daily Blast Live mm -hmm. a month ago going, shouldn't we be scared about this? And me going, no, this, there's going to be this potential for panic here. Right. Shut up, everybody. Stop talking about it. I could see the panic brewing. And I could just see it the way the innuendo and the... And the Every every opportunity for drama by the press was was twisted in that direction. Let me give you an example. So the World Health Organization is out now saying the fatality rate from the virus is 3.4 percent. Right. Every every publication from the WHO says 3.4 percent, and we expect it to fall dramatically once we understand the full extent of the illness. No one ever reports the actual statement. Right. Glenn. Quick final thought. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm listening to that. That is exactly what Donald Trump said mm -hmm. last week. Mm -hmm. He said, this is going to come out that it's lower than 1% um, fatality rate. He's absolutely right. Every expert, the CDC, the New England Journal of Medicine said that. Just said it like they were doctors, not just like Donald Trump sitting at the bottom of the bar in a, in a bar stool talking like people talk. He's just saying the same thing. But they can't handle that. They've got to make him in a villain. And it's, it's going to be disastrous for so many people, so many businesses, and even more so in the end for them. Yeah. Uh, up next...
Joe Biden now has a double-digit lead over Bernie Sanders in national polling. Also, I believe in Michigan. We'll get into that, but my, how the tides can turn quickly. Uh, but first, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro, which, Glenn, might come in handy if this whole coronavirus thing... Oh, I will shoot you in the head from 100 yards. Wait a second. I just meant so we can practice while we're quarantined. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hold on I think if somebody comes to my house and they're like, what's my stuff and I'm quarantined in there... You're not getting my toilet paper. I will shoot you right between the eyes because I am good. I, I practice. I use this. Yeah, well, right. And you can use it in self-quarantine while you're self-quarantined. Maybe you can't get to the gun range, but you can use your iTarget Pro in the comfort of your own home. And as a bonus, you're not shooting holes through your furniture or your walls. So your spouse will thank you for that. All that. Donald <laughs> Trump told me it was okay to do that. Uh, they've got a proprietary app that you download on your phone that tracks uh, how well you're shooting. And yes, it is a laser bullet that you put in your gun. Pat Gray made fun of me for saying that once. But it says on, on their the packaging, package. it's a laser bullet. Uh, so you put it in and uh, you're dry firing. So you're really learning your weapon. You're learning your actual firearm. You're learning uh, the pull. And uh, it just it increases your accuracy tremendously. Like Glenn said, he uses it. Uh, I use it as well. It really is the best way to learn your weapon. Uh, you got to go to itargetpro.com. You can get 10% off and free shipping if you use promo code NEWS. That is itargetpro.com. 10% off and free shipping with promo code NEWS. Joe Biden now has a double-digit lead over Bernie Sanders in national polling. He now leads the field 52% to Bernie Sanders 36%. Now, this is the latest polling, but it includes uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. It was it was partially completed before she dropped out. So she registers 18% support in this poll. It'll be interesting to see where those numbers go. Uh, But around 350 delegates are available to win on Tuesday, tomorrow in six states. And Biden is expected to win in places like Washington State and Michigan, uh, where Sanders initially polled really well in 2016. Um, But now Joe Biden, at least in Michigan, holds a 24 point lead over Bernie Sanders. Didn't he win Michigan? He won Michigan by three points. Um, He won like 47.9 to 40, uh, two points. So he won Michigan um, in 2016. I think that's why this is important, right, mm-hmm. is that Michigan was his firewall um, where he could have brought it back because in 2016, he did horribly in all of the southern states with African-American voters. Mm-hmm. You, you go back and it's in the 30s and the 20s, um, so what all those deep south states. What do you think happened? Why is this different? I, I think it's different because people, quote unquote, want to beat Trump. They think they can. And I think that, you know, they got... I guess you can't say it's different in 2016, but to, to look at the Republican primary in 2016, right? Everybody thought Elizabeth Warren was going to be the John Kasich, stay in forever, keep pulling both votes from Bernie. Um, that's why Bernie doesn't win like John Kasich did to Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, if John Kasich had gotten out four weeks earlier and Rubio had gotten out a week earlier, Ted Maybe, Cruz yeah. might have been the nominee. Um, the math, if you look at it, um, Rubio staying in uh, the week after Super Tuesday was devastating to the Cruz campaign. If you look at the actual numbers, um, that's what I did at Conservative Review in 2016. I was heavily involved in looking at those numbers and reporting on it. Um, but I think I think what what you're seeing is you're seeing the Democratic National Committee pulling out all the stops. They do not want a socialist or a communist 
like like a communist, right? As no, president. He is. And you saw it in the, the New York Times this weekend. Right? The New York Times comes out and goes, Oh, we sent a reporter and we found out that um, Bernie Sanders was a Soviet agent all the way through the Cold War and the Soviets were grooming him is. and using him, right? So you've got the establishment, people like the New York Times going to bat, taking out his knees, which is hilarious from the company that employed Walter Durante. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, it's interesting to see they're doing the dirty work of the DNC. They, do, they know that Donald Trump will win with Nixon 72 numbers against an actual Congress. I have to tell you, you, you know, you have somebody who's like, ah, oh, this isn't a big deal, versus a guy who's like, uh, mommy? Is that you, mommy? I mean, <laughs> Joe Biden is not mentally fit. And I don't say that with glee. I just don't see him being able to, to navigate complex roads, mm -hmm. even the coronavirus. Um, how, how do you convince Americans to change horses midstream in a crisis that people know is an act of God with a guy who just barely knows where he is? I think it goes to show... Once Bernie Sanders became the front runner, it was one thing in 2016 when he was like the upstart and it was like, oh, he's got this kind of revolutionary thing. But when we got a taste of him as the front runner and really got more light shed on what he's really about, it really spooked people. And I think a lot of people were just like, I'm just going away from this, regardless of if it's Joe Biden. And we just hope that he puts together a good cabinet and some advisors that'll keep things afloat. At least he won't blow everything up and become a full communist like Bernie Sanders. Right. I think that's really all it is. I don't think anybody really feels good about Joe Biden. I think that that was shown by how far he fell, but he came back because people saw Bernie and the reality of it became so close that people said, no, so we can't ask, do that. Let me ask you this, because this is what I asked Stu this morning. He said, I think this, this economy and everything else is gonna hurt uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is at least with a, a large portion, um, especially of the African-American community, they look at him as a, a titan, a successful businessman that knows how to get things done. A lot of people in America believe that mainly because of The Apprentice. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you convince Americans, if they want socialism, that's different. But if they don't want socialism, how do you how do you in a crisis go from a guy who you know he's going to be effective in this crisis in ways that I'm not going to be pleased with I'm sure um, far as bailouts and everything else yeah. how do you go from that guy to a to a guy and f be filled with confidence when literally you're not sure if he's all mentally there it seems like the only way you would make that choice for Biden is if you're voting on things that are more cultural and social and these issues that the, the Democratic Party exactly but I don't if you're voting for the economy I don't think that you can justify that vote for Biden over Trump but I don't think a lot of people vote that way I think that's shown by how strong uh, Biden's support is and the fact that he's even in this race I mean that shows that people are not prioritizing that necessarily but the people who are going to vote based on those cultural and social issues are already going to vote Democrat right, right? Mm -hmm. they're not they don't have a chance to be it's one over any any D there are any D any R voters mm -hmm. and and there's a whole swath of them and you're looking at that like five percent in the middle yeah to six percent that, mm -hmm. that will vote for either person I mean that that's who that's who I mean political science departments go and find that data of the people that they know are the 6%, they're going to go either way or another, and they're the ones that get targeted to get them to move 6% or the other. And, and I was just thinking when you were talking about Joe Biden not knowing 
anything really about coronavirus, probably. Maybe that's why he answered Larry <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell that way was because that's what I would want me to do because I don't know what I'm talking about. You, you, I mean, you know, maybe maybe that's why it is. And, you know, are people going to want for president during a coronavirus crisis, the only person in America that can't stop touching other people? If, if, you're, <laughs> if you're Joe Biden, your only your only chance is to throw mud on Trump and say he's not handling this right. That's your only chances, because if it looks like he's handling it well, then it really makes it hard to make a case for yourself. Yeah. Uh, up next, Bernie Sanders, and maybe he's trying to get back on top. He has now released his radical abortion agenda. You're not going to believe what all it includes. Back in a minute. You have to stop using that phrase. Do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> That's good to believe. <laughs> yes, I will. Fair. Unfortunately. <laughs> Let's wait to see what I. <laughs> Bernie Sanders <laughs> has rolled out his radical abortion agenda. He wants free abortion for everyone. Uh, he would like to also ban all sex education that includes abstinence only. Uh, and he would require all judicial nominees to support Roe v. Wade as settled law. Um, let's see. And this is all happening under his Medicare for all plan. The Hyde Amendment will be repealed. All reproductive services, uh, reproductive health services, excuse me, because it's all about health when you're talking about abortion, yeah. uh, will be provided free at the point of service. And uh, he is going to invert President Trump's uh, more combated pro-life policies, stripping abortion providers this of Title X funding. Like, so no chance. Let me ask you this, Bernie. <laughs> are you willing to accept the Second Amendment as settled law? Mm. That's written in the Constitution, been ruled a thousand times. Are you willing to do that? What a ridiculous thing. What a ridiculous thing for this man to say. Uh, do you think it's going to win him any voters? No. At this point, I feel like the people who are the radical feminists, yeah, the revolutionaries, they're, they're all like, I'm, I'm shaking up my Molotov cocktail right now, Bernie. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm ready him. to go. I don't need any more. Yeah. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, they're with him, right? The, 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 all of these crazy people are already with him. They're not going to be with Joe. They probably think Joe, you know, wants back alley abortions again, right? Because they think that Joe's the moderate. And Joe basically has the same. Yet. I know. Joe basically has yeah, the same I position. Say, he, I don't think he would disagree with, with any I, of this. I know. This. He basically has the same position. I think the Joe of 10 years ago or 15 years ago when he was in the Senate um, and he was he was a little bit more moderate. There, there's no more moderate Democrats, no. right? It, it just doesn't exist. Um, and Joe, Joe will do whatever they tell him he needs to do to win. They roll him out of bed in the morning and say, these are the five things you need to say. And sometimes he can't say it. Um, sometimes he can. But yeah, I, I don't, I mean, this doesn't surprise anybody. Maybe he's trying to get Warren voters. I mean, it's surprising that Warren hasn't endorsed anybody. Um, but maybe that's why he's doing this to maybe get Warren's endorsement. I don't know. Yeah, you can't really differentiate differentiate yourself in the Democratic Party by going this direction on abortion. The only way you could differentiate yourself is if you were a little bit pro lifeish. But nobody's going to do that. And so well, it's, Tulsi Gabbard did, and she got hit. Right. She because she she uttered the word rare. She said well, rare. Right, and she, and she dared say that she doesn't agree with late-term abortion. Right, and none of the candidates that have a chance are willing to say that. You ask them, they will never say a, a borderline where it should stop. And I think even though when you talk to people, they don't support you know the late-term abortion to birth, stuff like that, I don't know that a lot of people vote based on that. I think people are willing to just kind of brush that aside and not think about it too much and say, well, if they want to do that, we'll let them do that. Nobody really uses that as like their primary issue. And so I think it's just kind of a going through the motions for the both candidates are going to have to put out an abortion plan that says we support women's rights to, you know, 
kill their babies and then you move on. It's just kind of a, a thing that they have to do in this campaign. On the flip side, so Aaron, you say you don't think that people vote on that particular issue. But on the flip side, if you have someone who, you know, they, they believe in the economy um, and they also hear from the Democrat candidate, we believe in abortion up to birth. Do you think that they could be dissuaded from casting a vote for a Democrat just because they're like, oh, this doesn't feel great uh, to agree with something like, I don't know, killing viable babies? I think I'm, I'm going to stick with this guy. They've abandoned so many principles. I mean, look, most of Americans have. But this has gone so far. You've abandoned, you've abandoned saying, no, oh, that's a dude. That's <laughs> a dude. I don't care. Still have the package down there? Dude. Even if you don't have the package down there? Dude, uh, and not a good-looking one. <laughs> if nobody's willing to say that, what, you think people are going to stand up and say, I mean, we've just gone over the cliff. Even just, the independents. Just gone over the cliff. I don't think the, I, I, no, I don't think the independents are crazy. I think uh, many of the independents are like, I, I don't, it's like Russian roulette. I don't like any of them. One's crazier than the other, mm. and I think it's becoming apparent by far, you know, they say Donald Trump is, oh, he's reckless, he's dangerous. Really? Because of the tweets? Because of the tweets, he's dangerous. You know, when we were looking at a sane world, you go back 25 years, and maybe that would have been really kind of dangerous. Mm -hmm. Not in today's world. Dangerous is somebody who says, this is settled law on abortion. You can't change it. I can kill the baby at any time. You know, um, uh, we should get rid of capitalism. That's crazy town. That's crazy town. Rob, I ask these questions because I myself, I was never really, you know, years ago, I was like, you know, I was pro-life, but not just overwhelmingly right. so. And I have found myself moving so far uh, to the pro-life side mm. solely because the other side has gone so extreme. I feel like... I mean, I just I can't be the only one out there. No, I don't, I don't think you are. I think that if you look at polling, the number one litmus test issue for voters. Now, it might not be a lot of them. It may not be like, you know, 50 percent of voters. But the number one litmus test for voters is the position on abortion. There are a lot of people that vote for Republicans that that don't agree with uh, don't agree with Republicans a lot on fiscal issues but vote because they want to save the life of children. So there are, if you look at numbers, the, the biggest single issue voter is probably that. The second is probably guns, um, some of the other hot button issues. But I don't know if it's big enough to sway an entire election. And it's not, th those people have already left the Democratic yeah. Party, right? Back in Massachusetts, um, the, the person that ran the Massachusetts Citizens for Life was a lifelong Democrat. Mm -hmm. That's never going to happen again because there are, you, you get kicked out of the party. Like you said, Tulsi, I mean, Tulsi Gabbard had the temerity to say, well, you know, if the head's coming out right. and maybe we shouldn't stick a like hammer down it. Just deliver when it it's crowned, at that point. Just there deliver the baby. And, that, and that's why she was ostracized, right? So... Um, it, it's crazy town, and I think it's think how crazy. Yeah. There is no, there is absolutely zero health condition that, a, as the baby crowns, to stop it and kill it, that that is for the health of the mother. Amen. Zero, Amen. zero. Amen. All right, back in a minute. Even before that. Uh, let's see, Friday's poll, Friday's poll, did you vote in the recent primaries? 
42, 43% of you, your state hasn't voted yet. So you couldn't really take the poll. Uh, 34% of you said yes, and 23% of you said no. And Rob also said he, he hasn't. I've not, I've not been voted. I haven't changed my Texas license yet after six months. Hi. Texas Department of Public Safety. You gotta, you gotta get I on gotta, I gotta get up. Well, you, you, you know, it's that. the worst thing in the world. You're gonna stay there for like seven hours. It is. I'll tell you, you go to the super center, get a number, go have lunch, come back. They will not have called your number yet. Did, did you guys, have you ever lived in New York or Connecticut? This was like, I came here to Texas. I'm like, I even thanked the people. Are you kidding me? <laughs> This is all it took. But they do it in two places. My car is registered, right? They do it in two places. You got to go to one place to register. All right, I got to get to today's poll. Which 2020 Democrat would be easier for President Trump to beat, Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders? I feel like we've asked you guys this uh, 20 million times. But the answer is always different. So let us know what you think this week. Which 2020 Democrat would be easier for President Trump to beat, Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders? If Joe Biden, I don't know, knows what day it is today. Who knows? Let us know what you think. Go to the Blazes Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow. Biden says, who's running? Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.